Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 118-97 loss to the Golden State Warriors on Thursday night in San Francisco. Um, Barry, I was looking forward to this one because Lou Dort was initially listed as, as questionable, and we'll get to you know whether you should play or not play because I know we, uh, we had some fun talking about it last time. Uh, but he was questionable with a hip strain. He's a game-time decision. I'm thinking surely he's out. He actually plays. He starts. And we get the first Lou Dort versus Steph Curry matchup ever. Uh, the Warriors and Thunder played three times last year, all before Dort uh, was up with the Thunder. I remember he started on the two-way contract. And um, he missed the first matchup this year in Oklahoma City when Curry went off for 42 points. And... You know, found out after the game, well, knew before the game, Dort, Dort wasn't at full health. Curry certainly took advantage. Uh, Curry was outstanding, 34 points, 11 of 21 shooting, 6 of 13 from three. Uh, Lou Dort got an early foul trouble, three fouls in the first quarter. He picked up his fourth just before halftime. So we're so, sort of robbed of that matchup a, a little bit, but um, – I'm, I'm sure you have something to say about Lou Dort playing, but but what did you think about that matchup and and Lou playing tonight? Well, here's the deal. I mean, <laughs> salute to the entire Thunder organization. What a masterful plan, you know, rather than get everybody worked up about sitting another player, they just send Lou Dort out there and say, hey, Lou, foul the guy every time he – Pick up some fouls, yeah. Yeah, and he, gets, he gets in foul trouble, and he gets over there and sits and takes a breather. Now, he ended up not fouling much in the second half. What do you think? Uh, Luke played 21-45 this game. Um, in the first half, though, he only played 9-45. Yeah, 4,009 minutes. Yeah, so uh, I just thought it was brilliance. Um, you know, they I guess they could have done that with Al Horford just – send Al out there and just hack somebody every time down court. <laughs> Keep everybody off their back. Um, but no, it's, uh, you know, this sort of shit, this was a prime example of, and we really hadn't done it much with Dort. We used to do it with Andre Robertson a lot, though. The best defenders in the NBA are not going to shut down the best offensive players. It's not going to happen. It's an offensive game. It's very similar to football. The the pendulum has swung. You know, you, you just too difficult to stop the elite offensive players in sports. And that's true in the NBA, where you know Lou Dort will keep Steph Curry from scoring 45. That's what he'll do on a night, you know, when, when Curry goes for 34 or whatever it was. So Curry's a wonderful player, having a great, great year. Hopefully, Dort can find ways in the coming years to sort of negate him a little bit. But you're not going to stop a guy that can shoot like that. Yeah, that looked like one of the more uncomfortable matchups I've seen Dort play. And maybe some of it was familiarity. Like, um, speaking of Andre Robertson, Mark Dagnall actually mentioned him after the game. Yes, he did. How about that? Yeah, and he said, like, one of the things that he appreciated about Andre was that he would get a feel for some of the NBA's best players and you, you know, your, your knowledge base grows every time you play them, play LeBron a few times. Maybe you know what he's going to do a little bit more, not that you can stop him, but maybe know what's coming. 
Um, and Lou Dort has had no experiences guarding Steph Curry yet. This was his first time, obviously got quite familiar with a guy like James Harden in that playoff series. Um, we've seen him, you know, cover some of the toughest offensive guys in the league, but hadn't seen this matchup. And seems like, you know, obviously the shooting threat is the biggest threat in the NBA and you've got to take that away. And, you know, Curry's first two buckets were drives to the rim. I mean, he just had Lou off balance a little bit. And I, I thought it was just a – it's just a fun, you know, when these games are so lopsided, a fun game within the game is always seeing Lou Dort guard the opposing team's best player. And tonight you saw the offensive brilliance of Curry. Um, but, Barry, like, I, I feel like you hit the nail on the head in the last podcast, like, why is Lou playing – because this this time he plays, he's got a, um, you know, hip strain coming into it that he's a game time decision with. He goes through warmups, feels okay, and then Mark Dagnall said after the game, this is we're, we're mentioning Andre Robertson too much, but it's kind of eerie. He said his patellar was acting up a little bit, yeah, um, and it's like that's that's probably not a good. I'm not saying it's anything serious, but not you don't want to hear that really after a game. No, not at all. Um, so, you know, the question becomes, <clears throat> what do you do tomorrow night, Saturday night, um, with game two in this two-game series? Um, I would guess he sits. The, pl- the plan sort of is that he would play and then maybe, you know, sit out the next night in Sacramento, but maybe that's maybe that's the way to go is sit him and then, you want to play him one more, you know, one more time on this road trip. You can play him Sunday night in Sacramento. Um, but really, I mean, I think what you, what the Thunder has to do here in this day, preparing for the Golden State game, is did they put Lou Dort on the right guy? Um, when you're talking about Steph Curry, I mean, clearly somebody should have been matching up with Michael Mulder, who uh, who makes seven of thirteen. Curry was only six of thirteen from deep. And, by, by the way, I covered Michael Mulder for two years at Kentucky, and he was one of my favorite guys to cover. Really enjoyed him. Is he a Kentucky guy? Yeah. I didn't even know that. He hardly even played. Like, he was <laughs> – he didn't get on the floor too much, but he was – Well, a, that's just crazy. A point shooter, obviously, as you, as you saw tonight. But I could well, isn't, that, isn't that crazy? I got me. But anyway, yeah, just a uh, a Canadian too, so you'd appreciate. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, they should have put Dort on him. But anyway, you know what? Now here's an idea for you. Maybe last night's game inspired the Canadian Nationals to replace Dort on the national team with Mulder. Put Mulder in there. Have Dort sit out the summer. Every Thunder fan would stick would sign up for that. They're, they're like, we're good on defense. We need more shooting. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, but no, it, you know, it was a, uh, it, it was a. No, we talk about learning and development and all that stuff all year. It gets monotonous, but it was a learning experience for Dort last night. His first, his first battle with Curry. So. Um, you know, he, Curry was clearly going to get the best of that. And like I said, it's going to be hard for Dort to ever win that battle because the, the defense just can't win. But it, 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 this will pay off in the long run. Barry, do you think any of like Dort, and this is just us guessing, but do you think any of Dort playing is to like 
get the league or maybe other teams off the Thunder's back a little bit, uh, given the Horford situation <laughs> and guys. Sure. That, you know, because, like, um, last night, um, we're recording this the next morning, but, like, Steve High Luke and Kenrich Williams were both available and both were just healthy scratches, and both of those guys play 20 minutes a game and are <laughs> rotation players. But I don't think anyone's going to be like, why is Kenrich Williams and Steve High Luke not playing? But they might say, why is Lou Dorr not playing? No, no doubt about it. You saw it. You, you see a, you see a little bit more of a churning of the Thunder discourse in the national media. Zach O's ten things this morning, Friday morning, had a couple of references to the to the Thunder tank job. So, I mean, I think the Thunder is sensitive to that. No doubt about it. Um, that's one of the reasons why he's probably not sitting out the rest of the season is. Uh, you know, with the Horford situation, and they don't want to compound that with the Dork. So, um, so I'm sure that's part of it. Now, also involved in that though is the Thunder has to look out for themselves. They got to look out for Lou Dork. The NBA is third, number three on the list. I am third. I don't know if you ever read Gail Sayers' book. I am third. Well, the NBA is third. The Thunder's first. Lou Dork's second, and the NBA is third. So. Um, I think we'll probably see Lou Dort sporadically here in these final, what is it, five games? One, two, three, five games. Uh, I'd guess he'd play two or three of those. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Right. Um, well, if, if they should sit a guy out for um, for playing too well, maybe it's maybe it's Ty Jerome. Uh, he had a tied his career high. With 23 points, he was 8 of 14, 3 of 6 from 3. Um, I was looking at the numbers the other day, and it's pretty remarkable. Among all NBA players who attempt at least five three-pointers per game, Jerome is 11th in percentage. He's up to 42% now. He's taking those, it seems like, deeper and deeper every game, just launching from 30 feet. Um, but he was he was getting into the lane, um, you know, obviously shot it well from 3. He had a, he had a really nice game. Yes, he did, and and he's also scoring better on the drives, on the yeah. runs in the lane and the stuff. He's not a he's not a bad offensive player. He's he that little floater. So yeah, he's good on offense. Now, I don't know that he can play any defense. I don't know that he could hold up in a meaningful game. Any good team would identify him quickly. Yes, foot but speed would, is what you hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not very yes, fast. Yes, yes. So here, 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 here we go. Every you know, if he's if he's out there in the third quarter of a playoff game, uh, there'll be a lot of a lot of plays run right at Ty Jerome. Um, so that's something he'll the Thunder and he will have to deal with potentially in the future. But for now, he's really a, a solid offensive player. He and he and uh, Teo Maladon both had solid games. Uh, Maladon had fifteen, and uh, Jerome had twenty three. Uh, let's look at that. Yeah, and Maladon had what eleven in the first, and then I think Jerome had twelve yeah. in the second. Okay, now here's a question for you: Who is the Golden State backup point guard? Is it Jordan Poole? Jordan Poole, yeah. Okay, that's okay. Well, then they got whacked pretty good. The uh, the the Warrior point guards outscored the Thunder point guards forty eight thirty eight, but that's not terrible. I mean, you can sort of live with that if you're playing Golden State. So, um. It was a, it was a, uh, a case of, uh, of um, 
Ty Jerome just continue. He's been doing this, you know. Last, what would you say? Well, since uh, since the All Star break, maybe um, he's been he's been pretty dang good. Yeah, it's kind of crazy looking back. Like he missed basically the whole first half. Because yeah, and he, and he went to the bubble for – I mean, the G League bubble for crying out loud. Yeah, it was basically a rehab assignment for him because he had that he, – he twisted his ankle on the first day of training camp. It was a pretty bad sprain. He said he was – he couldn't run for six to eight weeks, goes to the bubble, um, comes back and has played really did, – did not, like, shoot it great in the bubble in a really small sample. And he was, like, a 28% shooter also in a small sample – um, in his rookie season with the Sun. So I think he's like going into the year. I, I thought he was just like a fringe roster player, you, you know, like just, you know, in that Suns trade, maybe he'll stick, maybe he won't, um, you know, even though he was a first round pick. But now I think he's firmly established himself um, as, as an NBA player. Um, I don't know if it'll be with the Thunder long term, but I, I think he's at least increasing his value for someone. I think I think what this year has done for Ty Jerome is this year got him another year. Um, last year in Phoenix, he he's not he's not doing anything. He's not playing NBA basketball this year because of what he did last year with Phoenix. He's playing NBA basketball this year because of where he was drafted. He was a first round pick. He's involved in the trade. He's got a contract. Those kinds of things. But his play will get him to next season. And that's really what you want if you're a journeyman. You want you want people to find some value in you. And there's a couple of thunders on that list. <clears throat> you know, even you know, even if the contract is sort of working out, you know, teams will find a reason to get rid of you if you if they don't think there's any future. We've seen the Thunder do that two or three times in recent months. But um, but Ty Jerome, Isaiah Roby, Moses Brown. Tony Bradley, um, those guys, I think, have have shown – Bradley probably shown before we got here. Kenrick Williams, uh, Mahillick maybe even. Uh, those guys have shown, you know, they, they can do some things and they probably, you know, be on an NBA roster next year. Yeah. And, you know, just to project forward um, – Obviously, Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to be back. When you look at the point guard rotation, I think Maladone has firmly, you know, <clears throat> as much as you can as a rookie, but sort of established himself as maybe the long term backup point guard. And they really want him to play point guard more than off the ball. Shea can play both, he played off the ball primarily last year, on the ball this year. Ty Jerome can play both. I think because of his shooting alone, he can play off the ball, but the ball's in his hands a lot. And you know, who knows who the say the Thunder gets the number one pick and drafts Kate Cunningham. Well, then you have you know four point guards potentially, and I know that's not a big problem given the 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 shape of the roster. Uh, but it just makes a guy like Jerome perhaps more expendable um, because you, you look at if you want to compare Jerome and Maladon, Jerome is four years older. Uh, he's twenty three. Maladon's nineteen. Oh yeah, I mean that. <laughs> When we talk about Ty Jerome's future, we are talking about will he last on an NBA roster? When we talk about Teo Maladon's future, we talk about how high can he go in the yeah. NBA. Here's a good quick trivia. Would you, here's a trivia question for you, St. Joe. 
minutes played, not average per minute, but total minutes played, who leads the Thunder in minutes played this season? I'm going to um, guess Tao Maladone. Tao Maladone. He's played uh, 80, He's played 93 more minutes than Baisley, 166 more minutes than Lou Dort. I wonder if there's ever been a time in NBA history when a 19-year-old led an NBA team in minutes played. That is that's a really good number, Mary. I, I had not uh, not thought about that because it's in, so Basley second. Basley second, Dort is third. Basley missed quite a few games with that shoulder injury yeah. too. Now part of the reason Maladon leads is because he's played 61 games. And that's second on the team behind Kenrich Williams, 64. But just the idea of a 19-year-old playing that many minutes is is fascinating to me. Um, I wonder if LeBron – look it up. I wonder if LeBron led the Cavaliers in 03-04 in minutes played. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, At age 19, uh, yeah, LeBron did lead the Cavaliers. In minutes played by about 550 minutes. I mean, turns out Cleveland sort of knew what it was doing. But uh, <laughs> um, probably earned those minutes. It, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Doesn't that I mean, 19 year old? Uh, that's not a. Uh, I, wonder, I wonder if Kevin Durant led the uh, the C, the, the, the Supersonics in. Um, minutes played back in uh, 2000, whatever that would have been, 2007, 8. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I'll look that up. But okay. to me, Maladone <coughs> at 19 is just a wonderful success story. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, speaking of um, other young guys, Darius Baisley, he had 22 points, 7 of 19, 4 of 13. He took 13 threes. And he started the game, and it was like they were way off. There were some air balls. There were some pretty uh, pretty glaring breaks, but did finish with four makes. By the way, the Thunder just could not shoot tonight, uh, which has um, been par for the course. But they were 9 of 39, 23%. Warriors were 19 of 47, 40%. That was really the biggest difference is three-point shooting. But I was just like um, – it was interesting to see basically take 13 of them. Not that it matters. Like, who who no. cares? Yeah, who cares? He's he's shooting a little bit better um, than he was, I think. Uh, you know, there for a while, he's still not a very good shooter. He's going to have to improve that. I, I still think he could become a, a decent shooter. I yeah, I, I sort of do too. But you know, he's at twenty nine point four percent. Last year he was uh, 34.8. That's a it's a little bit of an alarming fall. Now part of that is much higher volume, and 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 part of that is is shooting the corner threes almost exclusively last year. It seemed to me I could be wrong. Um, that you know, cert- also wasn't creating anything for himself, catch and shoot. I would guess a lot more, and now he's you know dribbling into some, handling the ball a lot more. Yeah, no, you're probably yeah, you're probably right. That's a Corner uh, corner threes this year, he's down to twenty five percent. So he's he's actually uh, shooting worse 
from the corner this year. He's shooting 25% from the corner. That's what that's what basketball reference says. Uh, not not very good. Not very good at all. Not not very good. But um, but he's still an intriguing prospect. He does say one thing I sort of like. He seems here in the last two to three weeks with no SGA, no Horford, and Dort occasionally out. He seems to be trying to take on more of a leadership mantle, more of a, a load mantle. You know, I don't know if that's by decree, design, what's going on. I do think that's that's happening, and I find it pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, what did we miss? Josh Hall was the first man off the bench. He played 24 minutes tonight. Dak also played 24 minutes. So basically, Mihai Luke and Kenrich Williams sat out. Those minutes were distributed to Josh Hall, Gabrielle Dak, and Charlie Brown Jr. Um, those first two played 24 minutes. Charlie Brown played 16. Um, nothing really stood out. Hall was three of eight. Oh, of three for three. Uh, listen, I, I, I don't want I don't want to create work for you. <laughs> Here's what I would like you to do. I'd like you to go back and watch every game film of Josh Hall's season. <laughs> do you think he's taken more shots or made more passes? I bet he shot more than he's passed. Probably shots. He does not pass the ball. If it goes to Josh Hall, the ball is going up. That's yeah. a universal truth. The the shooting numbers. I mean, again, he's he's a really young guy who did not play college basketball, and you know would not be on an NBA floor if he wasn't playing for the Thunder. Um, but he is shooting Barry eleven percent from point range, <laughs> and one of them, at least one of those was a bank shot. <laughs> he's, he's, he's three of twenty-seven from three. So he's really two of 27. For all I know, he banked in another one. He might be one of 27, for crying out loud. He's he's on the list of the worst Thunder players I've ever seen. <laughs> 12 years. I'm hard-pressed to think of a worse NBA player. I guess I could go back and look at that first year. They had a lot of guys. But he, you, you, you he might be at the top of the list. <laughs> he might be at the top of the list. Yeah, it's 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 been rough. It's been rough. Um, Charlie Brown Jr. was given another 10-day contract, so he'll pretty much finish out the rest of the year. Um, and he did he did not do much. Uh, Deck any good at all? To, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't talk about these. <laughs> now Deck, now Deck, I like Deck. I mean, Chris Fisher even referenced it last night. He shoots a three-point set shot. Yeah, three-point shot. He does not leave those feet. It's you're not going. You're not going. He's not ever going to get fouled with somebody coming into his landing area. <laughs> yeah, land. There is no landing with Gabriel Deck. It's weird. He's the infantry. He's not the air force. <laughs> but it's a. It's a. Uh, yeah, he's still a pretty good player. I sort of like the guy. I think you could figure out some things to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's uh, he has shown more a, a little bit each game. He's like super physical. I think that's the thing that stands out the most about him. He will drive in there and embrace contact. 
and and get fouled. And he, I think he plays pretty good defense now. Yeah, I do too. And it's even more impressive given that he doesn't speak the language and um, that's got to be tough. Like not only does he not speak good English, but he's, you know, coming into a season with like fewer than 10 games left when he joined the team, uh, just moved to a new place that he presumably had never been to. So that that's got to be tough. I, I think, you know, they give him another shot for next year. Again, it's a non-guaranteed contract. Um, but I think a summer would benefit him quite a bit training camp going through, um, all, all of that stuff would really help deck probably just to see what he is because right now it's, you know, I don't think we're seeing the actualized version, even though he's not a young guy, he's 26. Yeah. He's, he, this is, he, he's at the Rexon. That's what he, I mean, he barely's practiced when he has practiced. They're saying, I think they, I think he's uh, practiced so, one time. Yeah. So you know, it's amazing. He can get anything done. Um, I'm really, I'm really sort of, Encouraged by him, I tend to think he may may be around next year. Yeah, would not surprise me because uh, I think he's uh, I think he's shown some things that you need. Um, and I would agree if he was about you know twenty percent quicker, he'd be a heck of a player. He's not all that quick, but he you're right, he is physical. He he can body up. Playing defense, he can take contact on on offense. He's 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 rock solid in in a lot of ways. Um, Barry, let's finish up with the you, you asked Mark Dagnalt after the game about the the baseball series. We we had like three of those right in a row. Um, I, I think it was right before the All Star break. Maybe I'm misremembering, but they played like the Timberwolves, the Rockets, and the Lakers. I think it was three straight baseball series. Hadn't had one in a really long time. And now, you know, the Thunder are obviously finishing with a couple here and they're they're playing Golden State again on, on Saturday. And Dagnall seemed to to like him. He said that, you know, it's a good comparison point. The things you want to work on against the same opponent you you get a chance to the next day or, or two days later cuts down on travel. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if, you know, post-pandemic, uh, which would hopefully be next year if things are completely back to normal, um, it'll be interesting to see if the NBA keeps that in the schedule. Yeah, I tend to think that they won't. Um, I tend to think they won't because of uh, issues of uh, fans. Yeah. If you're in Oklahoma City and who's coming to town, I don't pick a team. Uh, not the Lakers, because the Lakers would draw anywhere. Not to, you know, not the Celtics. Celtics draw anywhere. The Pacers. The Pacers or the Timberwolves or somebody. Do you want to send Minnesota at Oklahoma City and play on a Monday and a Wednesday night? That's a tough ask for Oklahoma City fans. Come on a Monday night and a Wednesday night, back-to-back, same week, even if it's a varied, you know, uh, a varied opponent. Yeah. Opponent, a, a boring opponent, opponent. What is that? That's a tough ask. You want to do it on the weekend, Friday and Sunday? Well, a lot easier to get people to the ballpark. But do you want to waste two prime weekend slots on the Timberwolves? So I tend to think they won't. But they might, and it's 
the players ought to get behind it. The players union ought to push for that. Um, Especially for like rest and recovery. Like that's the, exactly what it is. It's yeah. less travel and less work. Everybody on the basketball side ought to go, for, I guess. Everybody on the business side probably is pushing back. But on the basketball side, it's wonderful. Um, whether you play back to back or have a night off between, which like we've got here between these two warrior games um, and the two King games, right? Sunday and Tuesday. Yeah. Back to back is between two cities. This is one of the, this is one of the best road trips in the history of the NBA in terms of player wear and tear. You got, you know, Friday, Sunday, no, no, Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Four games, all within a 150-mile radius. Two two locales, and the two locales are separated by, what, 100 miles. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be like, be like somebody coming to Tulsa and Oklahoma City for four games. Probably handle that pretty good. Some people commute between Tulsa and Oklahoma City. Some people probably commute between San Francisco and Sacramento. So – it's one of the better road trips in the history of the NBA in terms of wear and tear on your body. Um, I thought we were going to finish up there, but got to look at the lottery odds because there was a pretty, pretty big thing happened. The Pistons beat the Grizzlies. So you look at the, the odds right now. The Thunder is in sole possession of fourth, um, but they're only a half game back of Minnesota now, only one game back of Detroit and obviously the the magic numbers to be in that top three that they're a half game ahead of both Cleveland and Orlando when you look at the inverse standing so right now Assing stand a 48 percent chance that the Thunder has a top four pick a 12 and a half percent chance that it's the number one pick and Houston which is going to finish worst in the NBA um, there is a 48 percent chance that Houston's pick falls to the Thunder at number five um so the, the Thunder is in pretty ideal shape right now when you look at the lottery standings and what's what's happened and, and what's left this season. You can't get much worse. I mean, I'm, I mean, you can't do you can't get much better than what the Thunder you know, is headed for. You know, coming into the season, there was no great reason to think Houston pick would mean anything. They had James Harden and a, a team uh, that had just come to the uh, – and Russell Westbrook and a D.J. Tucker and a team that just coming off the Western Conference semifinals. No reason to think that was going to be paying off. Now you got a coin flip for a top five for the for the fifth pick. Take and a five-player draft too. So Yeah, and so just, you know, that, that's, just, that's just found money. Um, a big game tonight is Magic at Hornets. Uh, Orlando's been playing over its head a little bit. Charlotte is uh, scrapping and probably will win, but you never know. And the T-Wolves are at Miami. Miami's hot and cold. The Timberwolves are, have been very competitive, even when they lose it. They're competitive. So it could be a fun night for the, uh, for the lottery. Um, another big game tonight, Friday night, San Antonio at Sacramento. If the Kings win, they come within a game and a half of San Antonio for the play-in. And that would mean that Sacramento's two games next week against the Thunder would have some importance, and you might see more players playing. You might see those games matter, and 
that would that would uh, maybe further help the Thunder's lottery chances. Well, and when you talk about like some teams don't care about the play in and clearly aren't trying to get in Sacramento, it would be uh, they they'd like to make the play in. So th- they'd love love to be there. Love to be there. Yeah. Um, by the way, they hadn't made the playoffs. Sacramento hadn't made the playoffs. I don't think since did oh four. Yeah, something like that. I mean, the dang Timberwolves have made it twice. Uh, since Sacramento's made yeah. it. So, um, but they, not, they, have the they, they, they need, they need to defense, be in the place. Worst defense in NBA history, and they, they're still alive. Yeah, it's an offensive game. It's an <laughs> offensive game. Uh, there's no doubt about that. No, no doubt. We will wrap it up there. Thank you guys for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast, and we will be back with you uh, to recap Saturday's game against the St. Warriors.